Hi everybody! Here we are again on A to Z current issues. Be sure to check out our earlier episodes of this new series. This series is more focused on controversial issues in the United States as well as around the world. Today we'll be discussing the Electoral College for the letter E. We're going to start with the background and the basic definition of the Electoral College. Article 2, Section 1 of the Constitution stipulated that states could select electors in any manner they desired and in a number equal to their congressional representation, which includes senators and representatives in order to provide a system that would select the most qualified president and vice president by definition. Although there is much debate on whether the Electoral College should be kept, especially after recent elections. Historians have suggested a variety of reasons for the adoption of the Electoral College due to concerns about the separation of powers and the relationship between the executive and legislative branches, the balance between small and large states, slavery, and the perceived dangers of direct democracy. All these reasons explain the initial purpose of the creation of the Electoral College. Let's explain how the process of the Electoral College even works. Electors chosen by state legislatures are chosen with the expectation that they would not exercise independent judgment when when voting. This last statement shows one of the flaws with the Electoral College, because electors could vote based on their beliefs, even though they should be voting on behalf of their state. This structure means that each state needs to have a minimum number of three electors, but there is no maximum limit. The electors would then meet and vote for two people. The major concern with the electoral college system is that the candidate winner might win because of more electoral votes, even though they did not win with the most number of popular votes. A candidate can win solely based on electoral votes, and this can be shown by past elections. Presidents such as Rutherford B. Hayes in 1876, Benjamin Harrison in 1888, and George W. Bush in 2000 all were elected despite fewer popular votes than their opponents. And Donald Trump in 2016 was elected with fewer popular votes compared to Hillary Clinton. Donald Trump won 304 to 227 in the Electoral College over Hillary Clinton but she won the nation's popular vote by over 3 million votes. This explains the controversy over the electoral college system because many believe election turnouts such as this one that I just explained is unfair. To put this into statistics, 18 elections between the 1824 and the 2000 election, let me repeat, 18 elections in a 176 year time period, there were presidents, Presidents were elected without popular majorities. This includes notable presidents such as Abraham Lincoln, who won the election of 1860 with under 40% of the national vote. I would like to also bring up how third-party candidates can also influence the turnout of an election. Third-party candidates with national support are generally penalized in the Electoral College because they are able to win electoral votes and receive popular votes, which influence the number of votes for the primary candidates, in turn, affecting the result of the election in a major or minor way. 
The difference between popular and electoral votes on who wins an election shows the advantages and disadvantages of the electoral college system. Let's break down the pros and cons of the system. Many who favor the system argue that it provides smaller states equal representation, where they would not be equally represented with just a popular vote. For example, North Dakota has a relatively small population, but is, re is represented by three electoral votes, the minimum number of electoral votes per state. The flip side, however, however, argues that the electoral college system can result in an undemocratic outcome where the winner of the popular vote loses the electoral vote. Many people who believe in eliminating the electoral college suggest replacing it with a direct popular vote. In fact, in a public opinion vote, it shows that Americans prefer a popular vote rather than the electoral college system. There are other possible methods similar to the ones used in Maine and Nebraska, which would allocate electoral votes by legislative district rather than at a statewide level, or a plan which would assign electoral votes based on the percentage of popular votes a particular candidate received. From the elections mentioned earlier, in which candidates won without a majority popular vote, there have been calls for the abolition of the Electoral College. But supporters believe that the Electoral College has been able to last this long because of its merit, as well as the fact that previous attempts to reform the system have been unsuccessful. Especially in the past, the Electoral College was beneficial because if there was a because if there was a direct election system, the North would outnumber the South, because the South, which was composed of mostly slaves who could not vote. But the Electoral College allowed the Southern states to count its slaves by three-fifths, increasing their overall number of people as a whole. The system is criticized as it aggravates political polarization, gives citizens too few political options, and makes candidates spend most of their campaign time seeking voters in swing states rather than addressing the country at large. Because the procedure for electing the president is part of the Constitution, in order to abolish this system, it would require adopting a constitutional amendment by two-thirds vote of both houses in Congress and approval by 38 states. Many smaller states fear to eliminate the Electoral College because they do not want to reduce their influ influence in the election. Additionally, many argue that the Electoral College system is part of our constitutional governance and symbolic of the fact that the United States is a federal republic. This is why it is difficult to abolish such a system. So what conclusion can be made? Well, there's no easy answer. As you can tell, this topic is very broad and has many arguments about what should be done. This explains the controversy occurring in our government today and why it is so difficult to come up with, a more, with more compromisable as well as effective solutions. We hope this episode helped you make a more informed decision on your stance on the Electoral College. This is Sophia. And this is Vina. Bye. See you in our next episode.